Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. Probably not going to be a super long episode. I'm not doing movie news. And I kind of decided I'm not going to really do movie news a whole lot unless there's like some really big stuff. So we have like San Diego Comic-Con coming up soon this summer and then Disney Plus Day as well. So I'll probably talk about movie news when it comes to that stuff. But anything else, I just don't really feel like doing, to be honest. As for this episode, I do have three reviews and no Stranger Things the last two episodes of season four is not part of that. That'll be in the next episode coming out on Wednesday, most likely. And if you want that review earlier, head over to my YouTube channel. I'll give you more information on that in a minute. But um, yeah, like I said, three reviews for today. Going to be starting off with Minions, The Rise of Guru. After that, I will be reviewing The Phantom of the Open. And the last review of the day is Miss Marvel Episode 4, which will be a purely spoiler review. And I put that at the very end of the episode. So in case anybody didn't want spoilers for that, you can just go ahead and click off and not have to listen to it. But yeah, three really, eh, maybe not great things to review, maybe at least in terms of minions possibly, but uh, definitely some, some good things to talk about, that's for sure. Maybe not as exciting as next week's episodes. Yes, I said episodes, because on Wednesday I will have my... Stranger Things, last two episodes of Season 4 review, spoiler and non-spoiler, as well as my Star Wars recasting. Uh, I haven't done a recasting in a while, but I have done ones for DC and Marvel, and I decided to do one for Star Wars with the conclusion of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's going to be a good one for sure. I'm basically just doing the characters from the live-action movies and TV shows, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I am working on the edit right now. Most of my videos and like reviews and other videos like that, they tend to come out on YouTube first and then come to the podcast after. So if you want any reviews earlier, like the Thor review, that's going to be coming out most likely next Friday or Saturday. But for you guys on YouTube, will be coming out on Thursday. Then uh, link in the bio of my Instagram, at Pop Culture Podcast, will take you to a page full of links where you can find a link to my YouTube channel, find a link to Spotify, um, Apple Podcast, I almost said iPhone, Apple Podcast, uh, my website, T Public, all sorts of stuff there. Like I said, at Pop Culture Podcast on Instagram for all those links. But uh, yeah, lots of good stuff next week. Like I said, Thor, um, I'm going to have a non-spoiler and a spoiler review for that. And I might also do an initial reaction one um, like I did for Multiverse of Madness. And then also I'm going to be reviewing the boy uh the boys season three next week as well because that wraps up next friday and miss marvel episode five so we're gonna have stranger things star wars recasting miss marvel episode five thor love and thunder and the boys season three so lots of really good stuff for next week but as for this week like i said minions rise of guru the phantom of the open and miss marvel episode four and that is all in this episode here. But before I get into any of the reviews for today, I do have to thank my sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases, and you own those. 
So that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So The Minions Rise of Guru is a 2022 film and the sequel to The Minions film and also a prequel to Despicable Me 1 and 2. Haven't watched the last Minions movie and it's been years since I watched the first Despicable Me movies. Uh, but this one here is directed by Kyle Balda, Brad Abelson, and John Del Val. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And uh, it definitely feels like the kind of movie that has three different directors for sure. Uh, with most movies, most good movies at least, they typically only have one director, maybe two, you know, you know, there's like, uh, you know, the Duffer Brothers out there from Stranger Things, that's like a two director duo there. Um, you know, you also have the Russo Brothers, there's plenty of examples of good movies made by more than one person, but, um, for this one, it's like, there's so many different things going on in this movie that... You can see, like, there's three different people who wanted to do three almost completely different things. And, um, basically this movie is about, you have the something six, I can't remember the exact name. Um, basically trying to play on the Sinister Six from Marvel. And it's this supervillain group that young Gru wants to join, played here by Steve Carell. I'm sure they did some editing to his voice to make him sound more like a kid. But, um, basically he wants to join this superhero villain league and they reject him so he steals one of their artifacts and then they're going after him essentially mixed in with that you have a bit of a martial arts movie you kind of have like a superhero mystical movie um there's just many things going on in this one film there's at least three different things going on in the movie um simultaneously i guess you could say um and not a whole lot of it works for me to be honest, I will say anything with the Minions is fun for me. Like, a lot of people hate the Minions. And going into this movie, I was like, I kind of hate the Minions too. But watching them, they're they're kind of fun in this movie. I, I honestly think they might be the only good part about this movie. Um, but it is a Minions movie, so I guess they set out for what they were going for. Making it mostly about the Minions. I mean, Gru's in there. He's kind of the heart of the film, you can kind of say. But... I mean, you can see it's definitely more Minions than Guru kind of stuff going on here. They try to balance it out a little bit, but it always leans more Minions than Guru, uh, which I'm not necessarily mad at, but I don't know. For a movie called Rise of Guru, you'd think it'd have a little more... I don't know. I think it has plenty of Guru. Um, man... I just really don't like this movie, to be honest. I mean, I, I went into it with the lowest of expectations possible, and I still did not like it. Did I hate it as much as I thought I was going to? No. Do I hate it as much as some of the other movies I've watched this year, like Family Camp and Morbius? 
No, not quite. Is it a good movie? Fuck no, it is not. And yes, this is not a review for kids, even though it's a kid's movie. Um, I don't know. When it comes to these movies, like the first couple of Despicable Me movies were good. Like I said, I didn't watch Minions, but I'm sure there's like plenty of little short films and stuff like that. Little, uh, you know, mini short things that they make with the Minions and their stuff in between. I think there's only four movies, if I'm not mistaken, in this Despicable Me universe, I guess you could say. And um, I kind of just want to end, but depending on how well this movie does, we'll, we'll most likely get more Minion content. Uh, these, these little yellow fuckers just make way too much money for Illumination to stop making them. So we're going to be getting more Minions, but... Honestly, I think they do better in a show form. I don't know if they made a show about the Minions, but I feel like the Minions would be better suited for a show at this point. Um, I mean, I'd watch that. Just like, you know, kind of like that new Baymax show where it's just like short episodes of different scenarios and stuff, including the characters. So I think they could go in that direction with it. But with this movie, there's it, there's just too much going on. I wouldn't say it's convoluted. Because it's a kid's movie, so it's like, it's kind of dumb in a way. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not overly complex and hard to understand for an adult. And probably not super complex or hard to understand for a kid. Um, they don't necessarily explain certain things, but it doesn't really need to be explained with the whole artifact that Gru gets. I don't know. I mean, it's about what I expected. Maybe just a tad bit better than I expected. I expected this to just be the worst fucking movie ever. Um, it's not, but it's really not good, and it's nothing I'd watch again. And why I'm struggling to talk about this film right now is because I saw it just a few hours ago, and I'm already starting to forget things about it. It's such a forgettable movie. I mean, the animation is fine, but at the end of the day, people are there to see Minions, and that's what you're going to get. So, I mean, that's, that's, I guess what I wanted, but at the same time, I didn't want that because I fucking hate the minions, but I can't lie. They made me laugh quite a few times in this movie there. I think the humor is what works best in this movie. Um, it tries to have like heartfelt moments and stuff, but they just kind of are overshadowed by fart jokes and, and minion butts and all sorts of stupid childish shit. It's a children's movie, so it's the kind of stuff I should expect, but at the same time, it doesn't make it any less painful to watch. Um, I mean, I want to make the review longer for this to make it worth your while and actually give a good review of it, but there's not a whole lot I can say, really. I mean, at this point, just the stakes didn't feel really high. I mean, did I have fun with this movie? Kind of. Kind of. I mean, the person I went with, they were like, uh, did you like the movie? I was just like, yeah, yeah. And if you're listening on the podcast right now, listening to this review, I'm shrugging my shoulders and shaking my head. So I don't, I don't like it. Would I watch it again? Not in theaters. I would not pay to go see this movie. Uh, if you have kids, take them to go see it if they actually want to see it. But if they don't say anything about it, don't, don't bring anything up because, I mean, unless you are a fan of the Minions and you're like, hey, let's go bring the kid to a movie, go ahead. But if you're annoyed by the Minions and your kid doesn't say anything about the new movie coming out, then fucking zip up your mouth, throw away the key. <sighs> 
because it's not worth your time or your money. And, uh, I mean, just, just go watch the first two Despicable Me, Despicable Me movies. Uh, the humor, I think, works better in the first two. And, uh, you know, the heartfelt moments, I think, work a lot better because Gru has grown up and adopts three girls in the first movie. And then you get to see the continuation of that in the second one. Second one's kind of just too much, but it's not horrible. First one's still the best by far. Maybe I'll watch that other Minions movie at some point, but don't hold your breath, honestly. If I'm not, if I don't think it's going to do very well as a review, I'm probably not going to do it. And I don't think it's going to do that well. Do I think people are going to go see this movie? Probably. I mean, Thor comes out next week, so there's people out there who don't necessarily want their kids to watch that, but there's plenty of people out there that who take who take their kids to go see Thor. And uh, for most people, I think they'd rather save their money for that coming out next week. So um, did the movie do itself a little bit of a disservice coming out the week before Thor? Maybe we'll have to see what the box office... Um, what the box office ends up being on this movie. Will they make another one? Like I said, most likely, <laughs> unfortunately. I don't want them to. I don't want to watch another Minions or Despicable Me movie. But if it comes to it, I will. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say about Minions Rise of Guru. It's not a good movie. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. And that's being, me being nice to it. Some of the humor does work for me. But, I mean, they have a lot of things in here. Just a lot of things going on. Like I said, there's a whole, you know, martial arts film in there with the Minions and Michelle Yeoh's character. Let me find out who that is. Uh, Master Chow. I mean, you got a lot of great fucking, great fucking voice, or not maybe not voice actors, but just actors in general. Um, you have Taraji P. Henson as Bellbottom, one of the villains in there. You have Alan Arkin as Wild Knuckles, another one of the villains. Julie frickin' Andrews as Gru's mom. I don't know if she played Gru's mom in the other ones, but um, Russell Brand comes back as Nefario. A bit of a spoiler there, but who the fuck cares? It's a Minions movie. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Jean-Claude Claus. Um, yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> Dolph fucking Lundgren as uh, Savengeance. Is that how you say that shit? Uh, Lucy Lawless as Nunchuck, like a nun like religion yeah that was a weird one uh and then danny trejo as stronghold looks like we also have kevin michael richardson and jimmy o yang as henchmen two and one john dimaggio as henchmen three those are some pretty good voice actors there uh rizza has a voice in here as a biker that character's kind of fun even though they don't really give him a name uh will arnett mr perkins i mean there's a lot of great actors in here a lot of great voice actors as well and it's just super fucking forgettable so it's just a pay a paycheck for them it's i mean watching the movie i couldn't really even tell it was them to be honest uh that that i'm gonna call i'm just gonna call them the discount sinister six they're lame villains honestly they have this whole plot where um where uh what's his name uh wild knuckles gets kicked out of the group for being too old even though he's the one that started the group and then shit going on with them trying to get some artifact back from Gru and Gru teaming up with wild knuckles i think yeah uh that's the character there i don't know it's a it's a fucking minions movie what do you expect four out of fucking ten never gonna watch this movie again 
like I said, I watched it a few hours ago. I'm already forgetting most of the movie. Super fucking forgettable. A lot of the humor in there makes me roll my eyes and groan, but some of it actually worked for me. So I think the humor overall is the thing that worked best for me. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you, really. Sorry it wasn't as in-depth of a review, but this is a fucking kids movie we're talking about. So usually the reviews for these kinds of movies aren't too in-depth. It's just me kind of shitting on the movie and then saying, well, some aspects weren't too bad, but, you know, overall it's not good. So, yeah, overall, it's not good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. Sorry, I try, uh, I'm getting tired, too, so I'm, like, stumbling over my words and stuff. I'm exhausted. I need a nap. I'm, I mean, honestly, I just need to go to bed, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So, I got editing to do, but, yeah, that's my review for Minions, The Rise of Guru. Uh, what will my next review be? I'm not sure. Uh, probably Stranger Things. That's going to be coming out a little late just because I didn't get to that today at all. Um, so yeah, that'll probably come out maybe Monday, possibly. And then I also have a Star Wars, um, like fan casting that I'm doing. I'm recasting the entire Star Wars universe. Well, not the entire Star Wars universe, but a lot of characters. And that video should be coming out on Tuesday. And, uh, I'm actually working on that one right now gonna be editing that one quite nice i know with all my reviews i usually don't edit that's because with the reviews i'm trying to get them out as quick as possible but when it comes to something like that i can take my time and actually edit it and make it look nice so yeah definitely some good content content definitely some good content coming out soon and then next week is thor as well i'm going to see that twice on thursday so yeah lots of lots of shit to talk about that's for sure next week should be a good one but uh, as for this one, that's all I got for you. I will see you in the next video. Leave a like, comment. If you have watched the movie, tell me what you think about it. Or if you haven't seen it, tell me if you're planning on going to see it. Please don't. And uh, yeah, subscribe. I will see you in the next video. All right, so The Phantom of the Open is a 2022, I guess you could categorize it as an indie film. It is directed by, let me see here, Craig Roberts. The screenplay is by Simon Farnaby. And it is based on the book, The Phantom of the Open by Scott Murray. And uh, this is based on a true story about a guy named uh, Maurice Flitcroft, played here by, what's his name, Mark, Mark Rylance, which I don't know for sure if I've seen him in anything or not. But I know he was nominated, and I'm pretty sure he won an award, an Oscar for Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. Um, I guess, oh yeah, he was in The Trial of the Chicago 7, so I have seen him in there. Um, that might be it. Oh, I guess he was in Don't Look Up as well, so I have seen him in that as well. Uh, I didn't see Bridge of Spies, I didn't see the BFG, I didn't see Dunkirk. Oh yeah, he was in Ready Player One, wasn't he? Yeah, so I've seen him in that as well. So I've seen him in probably like three things so far. Um, I think he's a pretty good actor, so... I was interested to watch this movie, not only because he was in it, but because it had an interesting plot. Um, watching the trailer, it's like, oh yeah, this is probably based on a true story. This seems like one of those things that would be based on a true story. Um, and it definitely is. But he was definitely an interesting guy, Maurice Flitcroft. Uh, he started off as a crane operator for a shipyard and then became one of the most prolific players in all of golf not because he was a good golf player but because he was actually one of the worst 
Um, basically the story, and I'm not trying to like spoil the movie for you, but you can also look it up. Basically the story is, um, one day he saw golf on TV and he's like, I want to do that. So he fills out an application to be in the British, what is it called? The British Opens, which is like a big British golf tournament. And, uh, you know, <laughs> one way or another, he ends up actually getting into the tournament and playing one of the worst games of golf ever. Um, I won't lie to you, I don't know much about golf or really anything about golf. My sports knowledge is not great, but, um, you know, you don't need to know golf to really watch this movie. I think it's the perfect plot for anybody who's interested to see this actor, but also doesn't know enough about golf. Or just saw the trailers and was like, that looks like a kind of fun movie. Like, you don't need to have golf knowledge to watch this because the main character of the movie doesn't really have much golf knowledge either. Um, anything he figures out, he figures out from books or, you know, pretty much just books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, books and practice and experience. And um, he's a really inspiring dude. That's for sure. Like, he tells all his kids, like, you can really do anything you set your mind to. And... Um, you know, he kind of got that from him being as a kid, being told, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Um, and yeah, he, he's a really inspirational dude. So I think that's why a lot of people really clung on to him and were inspired by him. And they even made a league, um, not a league really, but like a tournament named after him um, in honor of in honor of him and the way he plays and just the person that he is. And then people who maybe aren't as good as golf, uh, aren't as good at golf, uh, can come and play this tournament. It's like all inclusive pretty much, which is great. Um, and also it was in Grand Rapids in Michigan. So I thought that was cool. For those of you who don't know, I live in Michigan. Grand Rapids is a ways away, but yeah, I mean, I've been there a few times, so it's kind of cool to know that something like that happened in my home state. But, um, yeah, let me see here. I do have some notes written down, and let me give you the other cast members real quick. We have Sally Hawkins as Jean Flitcroft, the wife of uh, Maurice in this film. We also have Jake Davies as Michael Flitcroft. Um, not actually his, you know, flesh and blood son, but he took him in after he met Jean. Uh, we also have Christian Lees and Jonah Lees, twins, as the twins in the movie. Uh, we got Gene and James Flitcroft. And, um, I mean, you also have, like, Nigel Betts as Tony Marsh. Uh, Johan Myers as Willie. Mark Lewis Jones as Cliff. There's other characters in there, but the main characters of this movie are the family members. And um, that kind of brings me to my point of saying, like, this isn't as much a golf movie as it is, like, a movie about family. It maybe not necessarily like I don't think kids are gonna like this movie, so it's not really like a family movie, but it's a movie about family. And um there's definitely moments in here that had me emotional and stuff like that, especially towards the end. Um you know, Jake Davies as Michael Flitcroft, that son is a little embarrassed of the things that his dad's doing, and he's worried that it'll ru it'll ruin his own career. Um but you know, in typical family our movies about family, you know, in a typical fashion of that, like he comes around, obviously, but yeah, there's definitely moments in here that had me emotional, but there's a lot of moments in here that made me laugh too. And then there's other times where I was just like, eh, I'm a little bored, but I was never like 
you know, falling asleep in my seat or wishing I was watching another movie. Um, I, I had fun with it overall. It's, it's refreshing to watch these kinds of movies that don't have like huge stakes to them and don't have all these fantastical elements like superheroes and wizards and you know, ghosts and demons and all that kind of stuff. It's cool to take a break and take a breather and watch something like this. That's, you know, a personal story that isn't necessarily sad. Like it's, it's a pretty happy story. Um, you know, he has his low moments, but you know, things, things always work out for him for the most part. And it's just that attitude that he has, which, man, I don't know if this guy is alive still. I don't think he is. But if I had met this guy, like, man, just his personality, just his energy, like, he's such a positive dude. And I think Mark Rylance did a really good job of portraying him, even though I'm not familiar with him, like, just kind of from the clips that they show. Because, like, in a lot of these movies that are based on a true story, they show clips of the real person at the end. And uh, he definitely seemed to have a lot of his mannerisms down and, you know, had his kindness and his positivity down. So I think Mark, Mark Rylance definitely did a good job. Is this a movie he's going to get an award for? No, probably not. Uh, I think this movie is going to be swept under the radar a lot, which is partially why I'm reviewing it. Because the last movie that I reviewed that, honestly, nobody probably watched was Family Camp. And that video did pretty well. So I was like, I might as well watch this. I have the day off. Uh, for a Wednesday, like, that's not pretty typical for me, so I was like, all right, what am, what am I gonna do with my day off? I guess I'm gonna go watch this movie, um, and I'm, I'm happy I did for the most part. I, I, it's not groundbreaking by any means. It's not gonna be on my top 10 best movies of this year. It's not gonna be on my top 10 worst. Um, it's just kind of, kind of in that in-between area. Well, maybe not in-between. I like it for the most part, but am I gonna re-watch this? Probably not. Um... So yeah, I think overall I'm going to give The Phantom of the Open, we'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. There's a lot that I enjoyed about it, but, you know, when it comes to these simple plots, there's only so much you can really do. Um, some things that I really found funny about this guy, um, you know, the first time he went to the British Open, he did horribly, and he was never really invited back. And also he got excluded from like pretty much any golf club in, in America or not America. Um, but you know, in London, in the UK, uh, cause that's where this takes place mostly. And, um, that was really tough for him, but like he still kept going for the most part. There were times where he wanted to quit and times where he even did quit for a while, but there, are, <laughs> there, there's things that he did that I thought were really funny. He actually entered, I believe it was the British Open, I believe he entered like maybe five or six times. And, um, you know, one of them was as him in the beginning, but other times he actually entered as different people and wore disguises and stuff and had funny names. Like, uh, I think one of them was Arnold Palmtree, which I thought was hilarious. And, um, you know, for a while there, they were like, oh no, we don't want this guy doing this. He's a joke, you know. He's going to make a mockery of, of our tournament and our sport. But after a while, they're like, that's, that's just Maurice, man. <laughs> so people really came to love him and respect him and be inspired by him. So, you know, one of the lines he has in here, is, I, I won't be able to quote it word for word, but he says something like, even though I'm not the best player, if I can inspire somebody that makes it all, you know, all worth it in the end. And, um, that's, that's definitely what he did, but Overall, pretty great movie, or maybe not pretty great, but pretty good movie. Um, 
you know, nothing to write home about. But if you have some time and you were thinking of checking the movie out, I would definitely give it a give it a watch. I think it was a pretty good time. And plus, it's not an overly long movie, which uh, that cannot be said for many movies nowadays. So it's it's both refreshing to have a, a movie be kind of like a normal movie and not have all these fantastical elements. Um, but it's another thing to, you know, have them have a decent runtime and not make you sit in the theater for over two hours. So I'll give it those two things for sure. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for The Phantom of the Open. Have you guys seen it? What did you think? Comment down below and tell me what you thought of the movie or tell me if you're planning on going to watch it or not. Um, give me some facts about Maurice uh, Flitcroft if you have any, possibly. That'd be cool. I love history. So learning about anything that pretty much took place before, you know, 90s before, I find pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. Leave a like on the video and subscribe. I will see you in the next one with my review for Minions, The Rise of Guru, which, oh, you already know, I, I'm super excited for that one. So yeah, see you later. All right, so Miss Marvel Episode 4 is available now on Disney+, and this is going to be a purely spoiler review. So if you don't want any spoilers for this episode or any of the previous episodes, click off the video now. You have been warned. Um, let's get right into it. I watched the Real Rejects reaction of this episode. They seem to like it quite a bit. Um, and then I also watched the kind of reaction slash breakdown from New Rockstars. And they seem to not love it necessarily. Um, the big thing for them is the clandestines. They don't think they're very fleshed out as villains. And I completely agree with them on that. And it has me worried for the rest of the season. I think there's only two episodes left now, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, I don't know. They just don't feel like very strong villains. I don't think they're as bad as the Flag Smashers from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really did not like those villains there. But, I don't know. They're just not that interesting to me. The idea of them is interesting, but the execution, not so much. I was expecting the villain or the villains of this series to be the uh, the Department of Damage Control, which they kind of were for a minute in the beginning, but they don't seem like they're going to be an issue going forward. Um, after the last episode, the clandestines got arrested by them, and in this episode, they broke out like it was nothing. So, um, I don't know. Kind of felt a little cheap. <laughs> I mean, Abomination is there. We're going to be seeing him in that damage control prison in Miss Marvel, or not Miss Marvel, um, She-Hulk. So you'd think it'd be a little harder to break out of, but for them, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. They're just not that interesting in terms of villains. But uh, this episode, I mean, it had some pretty good action. It had a great action slash chase scene, or not action, but like a chase slash fight scene that I thought worked really well in this episode. It was very fun to watch. But aside from that, I would say this is a very exposition heavy episode. Um, learning more about the clandestines from the Red Daggers that we meet in this episode. Um, learning about their home world and what happened to it, which sounds a lot like an incursion, which we got introduced to in Multiverse of Madness. So maybe there's going to be some connections there. A lot of dimension and universe talk from, uh, what was his name? Um, let me find his name. I think it's Walid, which I think was probably the leader of the Red Daggers. Um, got a lot of that sort of 
got that sort of talk from him talking about their universe and other dimensions and how it works and stuff like that so i thought that was pretty interesting but yeah from the new rockstars breakdown they mentioned that it's kind of like the incursions from dr strange so i'm just gonna assume that's pretty much what happened to their home world but kind of some interesting stuff there and then we also learned some stuff from kamala's grandmother um about you know their heritage and stuff like that and she calls it uh their genetics which is funny because they call them the gin um <laughs> but yeah we learn a little bit from her mostly it's kamala just being in karachi to try to for the most part just figure it out on her own so i mean fine i guess i mean the grandmother must not know as much and might not be able to tell her as much and she kind of has to go on her own journey to figure it out by the end of the episode excuse me we see that she's pretty much time traveled um back to when you know her grandmother was talking about um uh what what's her name her like great great grandmother's um kamala's great great grandmother coming to wherever <laughs> honestly like it, it's hard for me to follow some of this stuff um just because it's like so much exposition at once where i'm like there's just so much information going on right now i can't possibly keep up with all of it and watch this episode in a timely manner and not pause a million times so yeah i mean i gotta i understand what's going on for the most part you know the the implications of like how did she get back there i don't understand but like the implications of where she is i do um I mean, it's interesting. It's not what I was expecting. Not the, uh, not where I was expecting the show to go. So I'm wondering if, like, Kamala's in some sort of dream state or if she actually did travel back in time because her bangle got stabbed. Um, so maybe, maybe it's a vision. Maybe she actually traveled back into the past. Who knows? But, um, yeah, like I said, a lot of exposition in this episode, but some pretty good action slash fight scenes. And also, like I said, the djinn slash the clandestines aren't really that interesting of villains to me. Um, also, it seems like some of them might be dead now after that fight with the Red Daggers. So, plucking some of those people off, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, let me see here. I have a lot of notes, but I'm probably not gonna... I mean, I already kind of talked about what I wanted to talk about. This probably isn't gonna be a super long review. Usually for things I don't necessarily love, I don't have as much to say, but... Uh, yeah, um, there's a nice inter interaction between Muniba, uh, Kamala's mom, and Kamala in this episode where they're sitting at the table and, you know, Muniba got in a, kind of a fight with her mother, um, and there's a lot of parallels. You can see Muniba's, um, you know, relationship with her mother and how it kind of, uh, how, how it kind of compares to her and Kamala's, uh, relationship, which I will say... Her and Kamala's re relationship, I didn't think it was that close at first, but it's a lot closer than Muniba is with her mother. Um, and that's just kind of how it is. Like, you know, Muniba had to, and I hope that's her name, I'm pretty sure it is, but um, she had to deal with her mother having these, you know, crazy theories, which we know are true now, um, but she had to deal with having that as her mother, like basically a conspiracy theorist, and everybody talked about her in town, and you know, that that's hard for a kid, you know, to have your parent, you know, there's a line in here, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she's like, you know, I, I just needed my mother. And I was like, damn, dude, that was, that hit hard. Um, 
But yeah, some great scenes with Muniba and Kamala in, in this episode where they're sitting around the table. Uh, Kamala's like, are you all right? Because she can tell her mom is kind of upset. And then they start eating these little toffee things. And Muniba's just, you know, eating the toffees like normal. Kamala's like having a really hard time trying to bite into it. And they're just both laughing about it. And like, it's scenes like that that really make me love shows and are like make me more endeared towards the characters. Um, but yeah, really great scene there, even though it didn't last quite long enough. Um, yeah, there's a lot of gorgeous scenery. I wrote that down. A lot of really great scenery in this episode. Um, you know, seeing different parts of Pakistan. I don't know for sure if they filmed there, but um, I would hope that they kind of got the architecture right. Um, and I thought it looked really cool. But let me see here. Um, Kamala wearing the mask that Bruno made for her in the last episode. She looks very cool in it. In fact, in this episode, she also gets, um, I think it's a blue vest. I'm a little colorblind, but looks like a blue vest from the Red Daggers. Um, kind of, you know, it's a pretty close to being comic book accurate. So I'm wondering if like it's showing her getting the different pieces of her costume throughout the, uh, the season, which some movies have tried and it's just cringy, like. Han Solo and stuff, him getting his jacket and stuff, people are always like, hmm, I wonder how he got that jacket. But for this, it's just like her basically building her costume and having different influences from different people she's, uh, different people she's met and different, you know, pieces from her culture. I just, uh, I love it. But, um, yeah, let me see here. What's the other dude's name from, uh, the, the Red Daggers? Let me try to find that guy's name real quick. Um, I, had, I thought I had it written down somewhere because Walid was like the leader and then there was Kimo and I know that was a nickname for him. I can't remember his actual name, but um, they were, you know, like around a bonfire or whatever. And it looked like there were other Red Dagger members there. I'm pretty sure all those other guys were Red Dagger members, but um, yeah, he seems like a pretty cool guy. Um. I can't help but think he was introduced a little late into the season. There's only two episodes left. So it makes me a little confused as to how he completely plays into it. I mean, I get it. He's like, when he first found Kamala, he's like, I sensed the Nor. And so he's probably going to like help her on her journey and do all that fun stuff. But um, felt like he was introduced a little, a little too late. I mean, I, I get it's only the fourth episode, but still there's only two left. So it's like. I don't know, he feels like he, he should have been included a little bit earlier, but I get why he wasn't. He had they had to go to Pakistan to get uh to get there to find him. Uh well not to find him, but for him to find her. <laughs> uh let me see here. Um, I don't think I have many other uh many other notes here. I don't think so. I'm just really curious as to where the last two episodes are gonna go, if there are in fact two episodes left. Um the problem that a lot of these Disney Plus Marvel shows and a lot of Disney Plus shows in general, uh, the problem that they have is that they don't leave themselves enough time to do everything. Um, you know, they're decently long episodes, maybe like 45 minutes each. But with only six episodes, like there's a lot they want to do, but they don't necessarily have enough time for it. And so the ending of these shows always feels kind of rushed. But um, I hope that's not the case with this one. For the most part, I think all the shows have done a pretty decent job of wrapping it up nicely. Um, Moon Knight, not so much for me, to be honest. Not completely. Um, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, was fine. 
Loki is definitely my favorite show so far. Miss Marvel is definitely coming up to that second place spot. But uh, it depends on how they wrap it up. If the last two episodes are not that great for me, then uh, this will probably go in like third or fourth place. But so far, I'm really liking it. It's just this one episode that I, I wasn't really digging that much. So yeah, I would love to know what you guys thought of Miss Marvel episode four down in the comments below. And since this was a spoiler discussion, feel free to post spoilers down there. Any theories for the next episode or try to explain things to me. Because I even wrote it down in here. I'm like, some of this stuff, they need to dumb down for me when it comes to like dimensions and shit like that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fucking wizard, dude. I don't, I don't know this shit. <laughs> so they got to dumb it down for me a little bit. But um, for the most part, really interesting stuff. So yeah, we'll see where it goes. Also, leave a like on the video. I'd very much appreciate that. And please subscribe if you are not already. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And uh, that's all I got for you guys. I will see you in the next one, which should be a review. I think it's called Phantom of the Open. It's a like smaller indie film um, about golf. Really weird film for me to be watching, but the trailers look kind of fun. I think it has Mark Rylance in there, and he's a pretty good actor, so... That should be my next review, and then coming out on Friday will be my review of Minions Rise of Guru, which I am so excited for. But uh, also next week, Thor Love and Thunder, so probably going to be seeing that at least twice. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you. I will see you guys in the next one, and uh, take it easy. that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed. Like I said, next episode should be my review of the last two episodes of Stranger Things Season 4, as well as my Star Wars recasting. The episode after that will be my Thor review, as well as my uh, The Boys Season 3, and I'll probably most likely lump Miss Marvel Episode 5 into that, that uh, episode. Not next one, but the one after that, so... That's kind of what's coming up there, just to let you guys know. But like I said, please go over to my YouTube channel if you want these reviews earlier. Um, I don't have a custom URL yet, so head over to my Instagram, at popculturepodcast, at popculturepodcast, and said, and in case I didn't say that clear enough, because I can't talk right now, apparently. Um, but yeah, at popculturepodcast on Instagram, the link in the bio will take you to a page full of links where you'll find links to my YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, my website, and my Tee Public store, as well as some other things on there. So yeah, do all that stuff. I very much appreciate you guys listening, and I should be back on Wednesday with my review for Stranger Things and Star Wars recasting. So see you in the next one.